Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. That means, my friends, I'm Ken Napsa. And it must mean that I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm so happy to do this podcast just so we can have an identity check and make sure that we are who we think we are. It is a strange world out there, and it's great to just look in the mirror and say, yes, this is who we are. Right, Ken? Forsetter is our mirror. Great Clem Snide song, I'll Be Your Mirror, Reflect Who You Are. Uh, that's what Forsetter is for Joseph and me. And we're going to dive into some news and cues here, Joseph, in a bit. Uh, in a bit. Yeah, yeah, very excited. There's some really fun news, and we've got a great mix of questions uh, from the the very silly, the very fun, to a very deep. Very deep indeed. And then we're going to just do two hours on scoops and sport. Kidding, we don't <laughs> do that here on Force Center. Be careful out there, friends. The mute word choices in Twitter are your friend. And sometimes <laughs> just 
dispute in general. Before we get to all of this, we are going to let you know that one, once again, and as always, the podcast is sponsored by our friends at Audible. Uh, you can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, have our force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And we're not done there. No, that's right. We have another offer. It comes from Inside Editions. They are a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. Inside Editions is offering 35% off across their website with a special four center code. And you can get your discount by entering the coupon code FC35. Or you can visit the website with this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. We are continuing to recommend the Inside Editions book, Secrets of the Jedi. It's really fun week after week to say everybody needs to know the secrets of the Jedi. They can't be secrets anymore. So many people should have this book. This should just be common knowledge. And they have to change the title of the book, Common Knowledge of the <laughs> Jedi. Uh, we're, we're excited about it because we really love that book. But also the Secrets of the Sith book is coming out. And we're, we'll be covering that on the podcast. So if you want to get all caught up in the whole Secrets of series, check out Secrets of the Jedi or any other book you want on Inside Editions with the code FC35. Check it out, my friends. Get a lot of cool things. Game of Thrones fans, you should also check out what they got as well. Uh, all right. Uh, Star Wars and Life Adventure time. And I can't, I'm excited for today's uh, adventure, Sherry. Now, Joseph, uh, uh, what, have you, what have you got in the old? Yeah, so I had a surprise Saturday morning. Uh, my my wife and I usually watch a little bit of relaxing Saturday morning television, and uh, my wife uh, wasn't at home on Saturday morning for uh, non-Star Wars-related reasons. It's fine. It's life. Um, no problems. Uh, so I was like, ooh, I have my choice of Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> so uh, I went to Disney+, Plus and I didn't realize that the 80s droids cartoon is there. Right. When they released, uh, you know, the Ewok movies and the Ewoks cartoon, they said, and droids will be coming soon. And somehow, I don't know how, I missed it. I have not muted the word droids, but somehow <laughs> <laughs> I missed that it was there. And this is the one that I've been most curious to see again, Ken, because mm. when it came out in the 80s, in, in 85, you know, that was, um, for me, prime Saturday morning cartoon. I waited all week for Saturday morning cartoons because that's when you get your your little bit of like a weird genre storytelling, you know, science fiction yeah. and superheroes you might be able to get on Saturday morning. And I remember feeling so conflicted about droids of it was kind of Star Wars, but it was also not, you know, <laughs> scoundrels and lightsabers, even though both are actually in the show. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't any of the the known characters. It was partially Star Wars and partially just super 80s mm. and so i didn't quite mm. have that I, I couldn't put it into words when i was a kid but i felt like uh it, it felt uncanny valley like somewhere in the middle of like i'm used to star wars being this thing that transports me into an entirely different world and i kind of got that but it also sounds like every other 80s cartoon and there's a rock song at the beginning what the hell is this and i remember just being kind of torn into knots about it as a child of like uh i love this i am repulsed by this i love this i am repulsed by this and just being like super confused about it and then it went away so i was so happy to rewatch it um mm -hmm. but before I, before i share any thoughts about rewatching it i'm so curious if if you had a an experience with it in the 80s my, yeah my experience was no, thank you. <laughs> uh, for similar reasons, it wasn't any of the, 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 you know, it wasn't Han, it wasn't Luke, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, because I, I've told the story of how I checked out that Lando book from the library in about 80, 
4A5 range and was just so like, well, there's Lando, the Millennium Falcon. What the hell else is going on? Where are Luke Lay and all those other things? You know, I'm, I'm 9, 10. It, it just, I didn't grasp what was going on. So I think there was something similar going on. Plus, dare I say, 85, that's the range of Robotech. And I had grown up, Joseph. I was watching <laughs> Robotech where there's open mouth kissing. They press lips. Uh, they're death. Uh, you know, all these kind of things going on. And uh, droids was no, no, no. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really great point because I was probably you know beyond the tipping point actually. Like I was reading some comic books, and this is this is the dark gritty eighties. My comic books were getting real dark and gritty, you know, yeah. uh, and the world was too. Like you know, I was be- yeah. being very aware of all of the you know all this is you know around the same time as the like yeah you know that nuclear war we're trying to avoid it <laughs> but you should be aware that if you survive the razors and the halloween candy there is going to be nuclear war and once you figure out what sex is there's some diseases like it was a dark time <laughs> to be a kid so i probably wasn't in the mindset yeah. uh, for what this is which is like some charming world building with a just a metric bleep ton of uh, 3PO physical comedy. It's like, there's just, you know, I I, I should uh, say that the headline is, I really enjoyed it. I, I watched the mm. first four episodes, okay. which is an arc, you know, uh, mm. don't want to spoil it for anybody, but they are broken up into arcs. And it was, I enjoyed it so much as just like in historical document, seeing it as an adult, analyzing, you know, what it was for the time and what it means for the future, right? Um, yeah. Because the, the episode arc structure felt like yeah, this is like a little Clone Wars arc sure. or a Rebels arc. Um, some of it did really have resistance vibes, the Star Wars resistance uh, show, because there's just like a great pure love of slapstick and the character who's a little out of their depth. Like it's a little bit 3PO as Kaz of like mm. the character who means well and is a little out of their depth and is trying to figure it out and, and wins in the end, but bumbles along the way, like mm. some really good, well-intentioned, you know, humor, especially for intended for younger people. Um, and there is a lot in it. That's like some of the, some of the design is like that. Nothing could be more star Wars. That is so star Wars. Uh, there's mm. stuff that clearly got pulled from. There's a Boonta race. It's not Boonta Eve. Right. Uh, but the, the, the initial characters that 3PO and R2 are with are, uh, are racers. So a lot of it is about their beloved racing vehicle, you know? So there's a ton of like, this is Star Wars to its core and mm. bits and pieces of that aesthetic and specific names in that. Uh, more coming up. Uh, Boba Fett pops up. Uh, all sorts of cool stuff that you can trace to later Mm. Uh, Star Wars, but still the thing itself is this, like, it's it's got one foot into the utterly unique world of Star Wars and then, you know, you finish one episode and go like, actually, that was, that was really full of unique Star Wars uh, mm. goodness, and then you turn it on again and it's that super 80s, like, you expect a freeze frame of Michael J. Fox's face yeah. during that song. It's such an <laughs> 80s sitcom song. Uh, well, it, uh, our our pal uh, outlaw Adam Knight tagged you and I in a in a tweet this week uh, from uh, someone named Director Benick, just showing proof. I'd say proof that Dexter's Diner was inspired by the Droids cartoon. Absolutely, that is kind of undeniable. It just the shape of the exterior is mm-hmm. Dexter's Diner, and then there's a big weird chef with four arms, right? Yeah, and the, like the it's end- kind of undeniable. In in the interior, it's yeah, it's like oh that oh if you just show me that I'd be like oh that's is that a concept art of Dexter's Diner. 
the way the boots <laughs> look and everything. So fantastic. I, you know, worth a revisit. I'm going to have to pour myself some white claws and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. The first episode is called the the White Witch. So pour some white claw, enjoy the White Witch. Uh, I I really really enjoyed it, and it, there's only twelve episodes, I believe, in the first season, and then the second season is one episode. So not a huge time commitment. I'm gonna finish watching this one all the way through. <laughs> I wonder what happened. Oh yeah, I I I, I can see what happened. Wow. Yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna take a look. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I do. I, I haven't watched Ewoks one yet either, but. Uh... I'm just looking. I'm just even looking at the picture for this tweet that we got tagged in. And yeah, how could I not watch that? Well, maybe, maybe just for next week, even if you don't watch an episode, if you could listen to both theme songs and then just (laughs) figure out which one is catchier because they're competing in my mind uh, for being dueling earworms. They're both earworms. Uh, Good. Love a good earworm. (laughs) So anyway, that was my Star Wars adventure is just going down a very weird, twisty rabbit hole of uh, of memory. It was Mm -hmm. like this deep memory and also something that was absolutely seen for the first time. So really enjoyed that experience. Oh, that's that's uh, that's a good Star Wars adventure. I love that one there. Yeah. I uh, so here's what I did. I'm I'm excited about this one here. So I uh, I did make a run out to my uh, comic shop. I, I I know I can get digital. I, I've been having during the pandemic. Uh, they've been shipping them out. It's been very nice. I, I support a, a store named Earth Two in Northridge, California. There's a couple Earth Twos out of there. Shout out to them. Support your local shop. All that good stuff. But I went. I went, Joseph. I got in the car with no AC working right now. <laughs> down my window. Hundred degree temperatures. I uh, went over there. My 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 guy Chris working there. We were talking Star Wars. I got I caught up now on on the bounty war of the bounty hunters. Uh, getting ready to get caught up on the uh, High Republic comics, but. I'm in the shop. I always take a peek around. What is there for me? Last time out, I got the Leia Princess of Alderaan uh, manga. Uh, so I picked that up. I turn around. I'm literally, he's checking me out uh, and, 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 and ringing my, my, my comics up. And I look around and they have a kid section. And they have Star Wars, the Skywalker, Le- Skywalker Collection, episodes one through nine in the little golden books. Oh, damn. Uh, you love the golden books too, right? I've had my eye on this collection. Okay, so this is the one book, one book to rule them all. They're all in here. <laughs> Episodes one through nine. Oh, my God. So it's one book? It's like a, a it's big little golden book? <laughs> a big little golden book. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would hang some of this art on my walls. It's I love the designs. I love the descriptions. Maybe if you get a hold of it, we'll, we'll do a force center. BB-8 escapes into the desert, but the droid is soon trapped by an angry Tito riding a lugabeast. A young scavenger named Ray feels bad for the droid and rescues BB-8. Ray doesn't have a family. BB-8 is clearly lost, so she agrees to let the droid stay with her. Did you, did, this book just breaks down the themes that you and I discuss every <laughs> week. Yeah, I mean, that is it's really a fascinating you know, exercise in distilling the story to its core ideas, right? I mean, yeah, I just fl- I just flipped randomly to the end of Return of the Jedi. It's got some of the best Palpatine art I've ever seen sitting in his throne. Just uh, Luke surrenders to Darth Vader. He thinks there was still good in his father, but the- Vader delivers Luke to the Emperor and the Death Star. The Emperor wants Luke to unleash his rage and join the dark side of the force. He makes the young Jedi fight Darth Vader. I think there's a lot of people in our generation should read this book <laughs> and learn. And then the next page just says this. It's a great picture of, of uh, Luke and Vader dueling. And it just says Vader and Luke duel. But then it, in big all caps letters, it says Voosh and Cloche. <laughs> Those are two of my favorite Star Wars characters, Voosh and Cloche. <laughs> Voosh and Cloche. 
This uh, this book, I've been thumbing through it all weekend. It's brought me so much joy. I, I might have to tweet out. There's a picture of a of two logs taking out the uh, ATSD from Return of the Jedi and Endor, and the Ewoks are so cute and happy as these uh, Imperials are killed. <laughs> it's the cutest picture of yay! They were going to impress. They impressed us. They're dead now. Anyway, yeah. this book goes on. It rewards you with every page with amazing art. Uh, just wonderful descriptions, and it goes all the way up to episode nine. I, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, okay, so I didn't know that existed. I have had in my uh, Amazon, you know, uh, private wish list, just to keep mm. track of things, the, you know, collection of nine individual books. I did not know there was a big little golden book where you could just get it all in one. I, yeah, I, 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 I did it myself, and, you know, um, oh, my God, this picture of Lando is amazing. I'm, I'm in episode nine now. Um I, I can't recommend it enough. It's just, it's just a great little fun. And by the way, if you have kids, even better. Uh, clearly, uh, you know, this is something they can enjoy. But and it's not. I'm not just like ironically like as an adult. Let me get this little kids book. I, it has got some of my favorite Star Wars art. It's, it's just amazing. And it's, it's every page is just a, a fun little journey. Yeah, yeah. No, I the the ones I've picked up, I have really, really loved. So mm. I'm, I'm excited to check that out. That's a great Star Wars adventure. Yeah. Oh my God, this the Palpatine. Oh my God, the picture of. Of, of Palpatine on the claw is the best oh, picture ever. Oh, oh, oh what is it? What is I need to know. What does the text say on that page? As the battle raged above, Rey confronted the evil emperor, her grandfather. He urged her to join the dark side, but Rey would not give in to fear and hate. She was a Jedi and she was not alone. Ben had arrived to help her. Rey sent Luke's lightsaber to him through the force so Ben could defeat the Knights of Ren. And a great shot of that down below. And up top, it's just Ray standing tall, just got a shocked face, and he's Palpatine's in the claw, and he's just pointing a finger at her. Ah, uh, ah, uh, so great! Yes, just boiling it down to the absolute essence. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So that's out there. Star Wars: The Skywalker Collection, episodes one through nine. Little golden books, not a sponsor because I purchased it. Purchased it myself. <laughs> and uh, and you have converted another purchase. I will be picking that up. Ah, uh, it's the best. It's the best. We should do an entire episode. That, yeah, we could just be flipping through page <laughs> after page without any great insight. Just going, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, yeah, absolutely. Could be a good. Uh, could be a good Star Wars ranked. Our favorite insights from <laughs> Little Golden Book. Uh, I'm up for it if you are. I am indeed. So, yeah, great Star Wars adventures for both of us. I love when Star Wars finds its way in in a, in a fun, uh, creative way that you don't expect. Yeah, yeah, and I think both of our adventures are also just a reminder that, you know, Star Wars is uh, for kids of all ages, uh, <laughs> and grumpy adults of all ages as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know what, though, you know, with, with a lot going on, and there's some, you know, drama in the scoop Star Wars world, and this, that, and I have words muted, and sometimes you, we all can get a little cynical, I just pick, thumb through this book over the weekend, and even right now, it just boils, not just the story down to the themes, it boils my love of Star Wars down to simple joy. And that's what I love. And I, I think you're experiencing that with droids, too. And that's that's why we share these stories is just uh, connecting to the simple joys of Star Wars. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, speaking of simple joys, let's go into news. Hey, <laughs> here we go. Uh, headline. We will all caps be getting the BTS look at Luke's return in the Mandalorian season two. While not surprising, I think we all kind of thought this would 
come because the Disney Gallery Star Wars The Mandalorian making of Season 2 special didn't include anything about Luke Skywalker's big return. Like, it didn't exist. So it just kind of made sense to be doing something else with it. And that's what's happening on August 25th. Disney Plus, as expected, will be the spot to watch this. So we'll see the technology that went into it working with Mark Hamill, and they mentioned even the the creators discussing the responsibility in bringing Luke back. So, Joseph, how are we feeling about this, and what do we want to learn? Oh, man, I'm very excited for this. I was wondering if it was going to come, or if it was something that, like, you just want to keep the mystery, or even, I think, with technology, sometimes there can be, like, proprietary issues if they are developing new technology, and, you know, what can they share when, and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't sure if you were going to see it, so I'm thrilled. some of the things that I'm excited for, I'm excited to see how much they just sort of address the philosophy of technology in Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that uh, us fans have talked about a lot, going back to, uh, you know, Tarkin in Rogue One works great for some people. Uh, some people are like, what? Well, how, <laughs> how did they revive Peter Cushing? Like, in uh, other people, like, this doesn't work for me at all, right? Um, yeah. yeah. But around that discussion was the, how much of this is a part of what Star Wars is, what the tradition of it is, is pushing for that next level of technology. Um, So I'm excited to see if they kind of address that, that that's part of the philosophy of it, of this is what we do at Star Wars, is we we push technology. Um, Very excited to see also if they kind of talk about some of the other recent CGI, you know, if this is going to be, if Luke is, if the Luke technology came out of left field, or if it's a building on, uh, Tarkin, if it's a building on Leia, you know? Right. So some of that stuff. Uh, one of the biggest things is just Mark Hamill on set, right? Exactly what he looked like, uh, exactly yeah. what kind of, uh, how he might have joked around. Like he's, you know, Mark Hamill is uh, obviously a phenomenal actor who who has made Luke Skywalker come to life, but he's also just kind of an ambassador of Star Wars and, uh, and a, a very, very funny person who, yeah. loves comedy and you know some of the the favorite my favorite moments on behind the scenes things is you know just seeing mark hamill joke around or have an opinion or ask a question or ask somebody about their day yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm i'm just really fascinated to see what what they're going to include for the human being mark hamill yeah i always think of the the director of the jedi doc where that guy comes back to him and goes i'm so sorry i i didn't know it was you and he goes no that's okay let me walk you back to where you gotta go just it's low i want to see stuff like that yeah, I, I love what you're talking about the technology. If if we could have some of those folks, some of those names, you know, Hal Heckle jumps to mind. All those people who worked on the show actually address what you're saying of like this is something we we, we feel is is part of Star Wars. It's part of what uh, got George up in the morning. Uh, it, it just uh, just it just that I, I'd love to hear that in a way because we can we can have those conversations and say, hey, it, it, it's tradition. It feels like tradition. I would love them to be to actually just say, "Hey, we 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 wanted to push this even farther." By the way, on a show with the volume that's completely pushed things far, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. As far as Luke on set too, uh, it was. I think it was Sackoff had said something about like we didn't even know, right? Like they 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 were joking around, and maybe it might have been Quinlan Voss or another Jedi. I can't remember the exact quote. Someone out there, I'm sure, will, will let us know. But like. I, so I'd like to see how they pulled that off in terms of just secrecy too. Uh, how a show that kept Grogu's secret, but then suddenly a lot of stuff in season two wasn't as secret, uh, and 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 how much how much was released intentionally to distract what was here with Luke is is, is something that I know me I was talking to our buddy Alden Diaz about that concept too of just like how did they keep this one so secret? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty fascinating. That would be interesting to see if they go into that of you mm-hmm. know. 
any sort of because they did talk a little bit in that uh, first season one about how important it was to keep Grogu secret. And that's been, you know, uh, something that's come up lots of different places with Pedro Pascal. So that'll be really fascinating. Mm. Um, I think another thing for me is uh, I'm really interested to see how deep they go into the creative choices about the characterization of Luke Mm. and specifically, you know, what he said. Uh, you know, his, his, his actions and his dialogue. I just think there's, it is, I, I love getting to see the green lightsaber ignited and him yeah. taking down, you know, uh, uh, rigid, you know, automatons, uh, robots who are, who are bent on, on violence. You know, yeah. I, I love seeing the power fantasy of Luke show up and, and seeing a Jedi makes a difference. This is a bridge full of complete badasses who are terrified that it's through for them and then luke's just like didn't break a sweat they're gone you know so i i really do like the lightsaber part of it i do like that what that says about the actual importance of the power of a jedi but the thing that about that scene that throws me the most is just the pitch perfect for me characterization of luke that he is specifically specifically answering the call of someone who asked for help a child in peril who asked for help and then that utter emphasis on training which makes so much sense for his journey of like i didn't take mastery serious i thought i was a warrior i wanted adventure and then i learned this is very serious and you got to train and you got to complete your training he's so focused on that yeah and then that other big thing that you and i talked about is that the non-intervention they they like I don't know what you guys have going on in this bridge. I don't know what Mandalorian politics. I don't know what Imperial, whatever. I'm not here for that. I, I am a Jedi and I'm focused on if I'm asked for help, I will go help. I'm not getting involved in your stuff. Bye. <laughs> All that stuff is like very, very purposeful and aligns to me with where Luke has been, where he ends up, and general Jedi philosophy. So I'm curious if they just kind of have a light touch on that and, you know, it's, Favreau and Filoni saying, yeah, it's a real responsibility. You got to be careful. We work real hard on it and don't get into any of the, Mm -hmm. you know, how did we make these decisions? Who, who all weighed in or if it's just a light touch. I, yeah, I'd, yeah. So I, I just would really love an hour with Favreau (laughs) just going through it. Uh, I'm fascinated with him coming to that decision. I think you and I are on the same page. Everything described it, how it just works, works the story and, breaking down into what it means for Luke and, and, and just, yeah, it, I'm still like Luke looking around and going, it sounds like you're, it looks like you're having a bunch of fun here. Thanks. I'm out. Um, and just, and, and just the, 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 the care. That's why I, the, the responsibility in bringing Luke back, uh, just what that we get it in terms of, yeah, it's Luke and with star Wars and we, we handle this with care, but to actually, how do you bring him back? Everything you're you're talking about here, it's there. It's present in it's present in the show. I would love a little bit of showing their work, showing their math on, on what led them to these specific decisions, like you're bringing up. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. torn because I, I do like leaving a little room for interpretation, a little room for totally. dream. You know, I I don't honestly want to see like Favreau and Filoni like here's our whiteboard and here's all the things we considered and here's why we picked this. I kind of don't want mm-hmm. that at that that point. Mm-hmm. At this point, uh. But I am interested to just see if they share a little bit of their own. Like this was really, we really struggled with this or we all were on the same page or this. <laughs> yeah. uh, Favreau actually wrote this scene in college, you know, and we just got around to shooting it. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the follow up, yeah, I'm with you too. And I, I think, um, it, I don't know, it varies sometimes from beat to beat. You can even talk, I love a, the, the, that series Song Exploder. 
which is now a podcast, but it's now on Netflix. And, you know, you can listen to an artist explain their songs. And sometimes I just love that. Sometimes I love, like, what does every lyric mean to you? But sometimes I like Trent Reznor going, you're not going to get me talking about the lyrics because those are mine. They're, they mean what they mean to you, but you're, I'm not going to explain it. So I'm, I'm sometimes torn. I wonder if it is could be a little bit of, of uh, yeah, sorry, the, here's our whiteboards of options would be funny, but but a little too much. I've just... I'd love I'd love Favreau to have a moment like Filoni had in that series explaining the duel from Phantom Menace, which was very Filoni-like. And, you know, I, I know that from day. But if I, I'd love to see Favreau just be like, here's what Luke meant to me and why it worked for me or why I wanted this to come back. But I don't know. I, I, I Favreau seems like a guy that unless he's making a, a Philly cheesesteak, he keeps things close to the vest. Uh, yes, but I would love him to explain both his opinions on a Philly cheesesteak and... Yeah, his his he's talked about his kind of journey with Star Wars of it was this whiz bang amazing adventure and it was this gateway to all the other uh influences, right? All of the yeah. the film and the literature and the myth, you know. But how Luke, you know, spoke to him, that that would be really powerful. Yeah. But uh, regardless, we're going to get the answers or not the answers. Uh, we're going to get a inside look. I cannot wait. August 25th, Disney Plus. The special edition of Disney Gallery, Colin, Star Wars, Colin, The Mandalorian, Colin, making it a season two finale. Uh, yeah, thrilled. We'll, yeah, we'll break it down. Uh, staying with Mando, season two, grab 24 Emmy nominations. Uh, season two, uh, up for 24 nominations at the 73rd Primetime Emmy Awards. Some of the highlights are Outstanding Drama Series. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito for Best Supporting Actor, Timothy Oliphant and Carl Weathers for Outstanding Guest Actor in the Drama Series, Outstanding Special Visual Effects, Outstanding Director for John Favreau, Chapter 9, The Marshall specifically, uh, Outstanding Writing for a Drama Series, Dave Filoni, hey, Chapter 13, and Favreau himself, Chapter 16. Those are some of the highlights. There's a lot there, uh, though, Joseph. Any, any specific ones that jumped out to you? Uh, yeah, well, I really just like that it uh, covers everything right um mm -hmm. it is the technical to the acting to the writing the directing uh, it, this just seems like a, a even if it doesn't win a single award which it will mm -hmm. i really like just seeing that it was recognized across the board yeah uh, yeah the full scope right not just uh, whiz bang but just everything about it there uh yeah uh, and, and we Discussed it after season one, which got nominations, uh, about what it means for Star Wars to be nominated. Coming from an era where outside of New Hope and some special effects stuff, which are obviously very important to Star Wars and involve a lot of skill and work, we, we don't get a lot of uh, picture of the year and lead actor nominations. It just doesn't work that way sometimes. So it's it's fun. But what is, uh, what is this series getting more award nominations and then the potential wins mean to us as fans who's, uh, who love celebrating Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, I think it is. Um, I think it is important be, that there's been these blips where anything sort of genre, fantasy, science fiction, space fantasy, superhero, horror has broken through and, and gotten a major award, right? But it's mm -hmm. still kind of like, yeah, technical, maybe music, right? <laughs> maybe a supporting actor, but probably not. Uh, I think that. Better or worse, the truth is the awards legitimize the genre, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of take a little bit of that conversation away of like, uh, yes, but these are just popcorn movies and they're good right. for entertainment and they're good for the masses, but they don't mean anything and they're not very important. You know, we're still having those kind of uh, highbrow, lowbrow cultural discussions, even while uh, this genre 
storytelling is is dominant financially, right? Yeah. We're still having that struggle for uh you know, George Lucas made the world's most expensive B movie was the joke with uh with Star Wars, uh, you know, partially from the creators of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still having that battle of like, you know, some areas of the world uh, of, of our own culture going, yeah, but it's still just a B movie, right? <laughs> and I think anytime that the writing, the acting, the directing is recognized, it's a little pushback against that. Yeah, uh, you're describing every clip from like the Dick Cavett show in 78 with a film critic on. <laughs> oh, just, just appalled by these laser blasters in space. It's great fun, but please don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sir Alec Guinness, everybody. Yep. 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 So so yep. There, there's that for me. Um, I, I did want to mention I, I the music nom is great because uh, okay. I think yep. the music is phenomenal. And the, the one nomination that, that did amuse me uh, – is there's a nomination for period and or character hairstyling for the rescue, <laughs> which makes me feel like, is that an award for accurately recreating Luke's eighties hair? I hope so. <laughs> that's that. I hope so. Yeah. There were, yeah, there was a lot of like, wait, were there, how many corsets were in Mandalorian with these nominations? Like what are these period. Yeah. I mean, noms? The period is 83 hair yeah yeah what are, what are your thoughts on them getting nominated for acting writing directing some of these uh other ones beyond the technical that they almost always get nominated yeah I, I do think it's important i think it's where we're at and 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 you know it, it, i i i know there we it's not just because we grew up in that generation that there was a difference between you know big budget action blockbuster and you know uh, a merchant ivory remains of the day picture getting nominated and then never the two shall meet. Like uh, I, I like where we're at with this, where it can be taken serious. I, I always go to Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson saying, "Yeah, we wizards and goblins, but we played it serious. We had fun. We did, but that we we didn't do it with a wink." And and I, I I've been watching lately. Uh, I I went and saw Excalibur, John Borman's Excalibur. I mentioned this I think last week too, or uh, talking about the Ewan McGregor news with his son in that series. And, and it's 81. It comes out the same year as Raiders, a year after Empire. And it's big, it's epic, but it does not hold up. It just It's presented in a different way. It's presented in a 67 sword and sandals kind of thing. And it doesn't. And, and I look at that and I go, no wonder maybe. And this is a great performance. Liam Neeson's first movie. Uh, Helen Mirren, uh, Nicole Will- Will- Williamson is, is spectacular as, as, as um, Merlin. Gabriel Byrne's debut. Kieran Hines. The list goes on and on and on. Amazing actors. St- in a different style. And, and, and so to come from that, to go to Lord of the Rings, to go to Game of Thrones on TV and all these kind of big things that we don't associate with good acting. And, and it, it was present in Star Wars, but look, you, you mentioned Mark Hamill's a good actor. There was an entire decade or so where it seemed like you wouldn't call Mark Hamill a great actor. You just weren't allowed to. No, no. And, and I, and for me, I think there was a bias against you know, the genre, but also just like a bias that he, he, you know, especially in the late seventies, early eighties, it wasn't a gritty, let's go deep into his psychosis. Yeah. His performance was, you know, a, a, a naive farm boy who goes through some hard times, grows up and makes the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> and he portrayed that brilliantly, I think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think there was a little bit of like, but that's not the kind of acting we, re- we reward, you know? Yeah. He, you know, he, we didn't learn why he wanted to kill people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, Mark Hamill's uh, acting against snakes and a, and, a, and, a, and a Muppet. 
for weeks on weeks in Empire and pull some stuff off. And so to to go all that to end my monologue to see where now where you know Carl Weathers just pops up. I, I you know I I think he's great in season two, but I think this is you know carrying over from the excellence of season one and just who he is as a performer. Oliphant, uh, you know, capturing just the, the essence, the swagger of of Cabeta. It, it, and Giancarlo Esposito, I mean, yeah, it, 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 I love that it's just, it's not questioned. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think next, uh, you know, stuff from the MCU sto- shows, uh, it will be nominated and recognized too. If it hasn't arrived, I forget where the voting period ends and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, Loki's on right now. So next year you could be seeing this stuff and and, and it should be viewed in, as the same. It is our art. It's one of my big arguments that, yeah, we grew up with comic books and we didn't have to, we don't have to put them down. <laughs> like we no. were No, and I mean, I, I think that's the big thing for me is the exactly what you're saying about Lord of the Rings. I think uh, Star Wars and certainly MCU, I think a huge amount of their power is they are a little bit of everything. You know, they are comedy and they are action and they are spectacle and they are weird whimsy. But both of them throughout their history, and I think particularly right now, no matter how outlandish the the look or the scenario or otherworldly, they're all motivated by emotional truth, you know? And, yeah. and I understand it, it isn't, the Godfather, you know, it, it isn't mean streets, you know, it, it isn't really grounded in this super real world. It is high fantasy. It is yeah. an other reality. But I think the reason that people are so attached to these stories is because it is emotionally entirely true. You know, yeah. Luke's, uh, Luke's performance in uh, Luke's performance, Mark Hamill's performance in the, in the last Jedi, I think should have, they should have made up new awards to give him. <laughs> they should have given him best actor. And then they should have made up 72 other awards. I think it is one of the best film performances I've yeah. ever seen because it is entirely real. It doesn't matter that he's a space wizard on an Island with, you know, with fish nuns. <laughs> it matters that, he he means so incredibly well. He's stumbled and he's trying to figure out how to pick himself up. And that's what gives it power. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, yeah, these awards make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last, last quick thing for me is I, I think we're still in this really interesting period where I don't think all of the streaming companies have decided what is going to matter. Netflix has been very clear because they've been around for a while of, we don't, we care about shows generating new subscribers. Yeah. But we're in this kind of gray area. So I think there's a possibility that awards are going to be very important to what continues to be on streaming because mm-hmm. we don't know that companies haven't necessarily picked their full metrics yet of how are we going to evaluate what we make more of. Mm-hmm. And awards, I think, is always going to work. We're like, well, well, we weren't going to give that another season, or we weren't going to greenlight another one of those. But these awards generate, you know, some interest and are a little bit of a, uh, a feather in our cap. So the awards, I think, in streaming land might be more important than they have been. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely right because it just to the old guard, or not even the old guard, but just the old way, you know, the old habits of watching things or taking things in. Uh, uh, we're going to just discuss the future of Star Wars movies uh, on, on Thursday for a deep dive, which is a conversation we probably need to have every couple of years because the landscape changes for Star Wars specifically. Um, yeah, it, without a doubt, it, the first time I heard of a Netflix series getting nominated, it, it changed my view of like, 
Oh, okay. So that's just not, that's not a web show, which by the way, web shows take a lot of talent and money and skills too. But you know what I mean? Like, oh, they're not, they're, it's not a webby. They're not, they're, they're nominated for an Emmy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. And not to say that awards didn't always make a difference, right. uh, especially on shows that you're, were maybe creatively amazing, but struggling with an audience, you know, uh, they make a difference for sure. And they always have, but I think we're just in this different place where, um, the, they could really be make or break for streaming. Uh, indeed, indeed. And, uh, it's just nice to have Star Wars in that conversation. All right, final news story of the day. And there's, yes, as always, there's some little things out there that pop up every now and then. I'm not, not talking about any rumors. Uh, you kind of curate what uh, what's out there and what, what uh, connects with our Star Wars love and hearts. So uh, I have a very important question for you, Joseph. Are you ready to crowdfund the rank? <laughs> I feel I must. I kind of do too. Hasbro has announced that a six inch scale Rancor, aka Patissa, or maybe not Patissa, maybe Mochi, maybe Mochi. We, 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 don't, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, no, I believe it's Patissa. Uh, will be the next crowdfunded item. This follows the Katana, Java Sail Barge, and of course the Razor Crest, which uh, I believe, Joseph, your name is scribbled on ins- the inside of that as a supporter. Right? Is that how that works? <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know where my name ended up. Uh, I know uh, where my dollars are going to end up uh, with Hasbro. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I did crowdfund the Razor Crest. Uh, and look, I uh, I wanted to crowd uh, crowdfund the Katana. I really did. I just I thought if this actually works out, where the boop am I going to put it? <laughs> so, Let's put a uh, pin in that, and we'll come back to that. <laughs> so uh, the uh, crowdfund model seems to be working, not just in toys, but in life. It's it's a, it's a thing, and uh, you know, it, it's a pre-sell. That's all it is. Uh, we we don't want to overdo it. We want to make what we need to make, and want to see if there's interest. So this is working. So you know, will we support the Rancor? Because ships are one thing, but a Rancor, Joseph, six-inch scale, you could take your Black Series <laughs> figures and hold stand it up against this Rancor. We really, I'm pressing you for an answer, yes or no. Uh, if I supported this one, it would be to support the existence of it. And before I hit go, I would find a friend or a child who desperately wants this Rancor, and I would pay for it, and I would send them the Rancor because uh, space. <laughs> uh, yes, space. Uh, you know, I, my, my action figure uh, indulgences, I'm trying, I'm trying to rein them in trying to rein them in uh, because their space is really an issue. So uh, the Katana, I, I briefly considered, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't have space. Yeah. And then the Razor Crest like, yeah, you know, I could, I could yeah. find a different place for everything that's on this, you know, on my dresser yeah. <laughs> in my bedroom. Um, and then uh, there was a photo of John Favreau holding the prototype and I, I seriously almost dropped my coffee in my lap. It's even <laughs> bigger than I thought. I was just like, uh, I was just like, I have to move. Yeah. I, I, I guess I'm going to suspend it from the ceiling. Space is the biggest mm. issue for me. Yeah, uh, it, it absolutely is. I, I had to go into storage uh, this week. I haven't been able to go into my storage shed for actually a couple months because we had some landlord planted some grass in our backyard and they put it in front of the shed. So if I open the door, it ripped the grass out. <laughs> and I, I was like, all right. So I've been building you know, some Lego sets and everything. And so finally this weekend, I was like, I have to go out there. Number one, the grass has kind of died because it's really hot out here. So I open up. First of all, my storage shed now looks like Shelob's Lair. Just webs everywhere. Just really scary. And I just looked at the boxes and boxes of Star Wars toys I have out there. And I'm not ready to part with them. But I'm just like, I can't keep adding to this. I can't. What am I doing? <laughs> I can't do this anymore. And then I'll go to Target. And I'm like, oh, well, I definitely need that Poe Dameron Lego. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
right? Uh, it it is a thing that brings us joy. So it just it the joy must be managed somehow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to, I'm asking myself this question. I really want to. I have grown to love the rank. I have a lot of rancor stuff. Some of the Funko Pop stuff. Yeah, like a lot of the Wampa stuff. Yeah, you witnessed the, me getting the rancor Funko. So I have a lot of them out there. I just yeah, it's um. I, I'm I'm fine. I might be committing to building the the Lego Death Star set, which I do have. Thank you, oh. uh, first rate Nate out there. And I do, I finally think I have a spot where I could put it. I just don't have the room to build it. <laughs> I have the place to put it there, um, and then I'd have to probably seal it down because we are in earthquake country. So if it's high, oh up, yeah, oh. you you gotta lock that Death Star down. You, yeah. you do, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's um, really funny that you're afraid of the Death Star being destroyed. <laughs> this Lego station might be vulnerable. Yeah, so Rancor, I might have to pass on you here. Uh, what other big items do we want to be crowdfunded? This might continue. This is a fun trend. What What, what do you want? Yeah. Well, uh, last thought on the Rancor, real quick, is like mm-hmm. this is the first Black Series one, right? Because the Katana and Razor Crest were vintage. So I'm just happy. I'm not a huge Black Series collector, but I know a ton of people are. So I'm very happy that they're getting one of these projects and, and one of those yeah. things that like could only exist with this project. Uh, I think my mind keeps going to uh, mostly play sets because I think they're the kind of thing that isn't going to move uh, in, you know, just kind of traditional retail. I think if there was another ship, I think the Marauder from the Bad Batch is mm. a decent candidate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if it came with some great, you know, figures and, and some fun surprises because that was a yeah. big part of the Razor Crest that they kept adding on mm. a different you know, cool things, uh, including like all the carbon frozen bounties that he has in the first episode. <laughs> like, yeah. Just that kind of weird thing for playset. This is, this is my ongoing dream. I want, uh, from rise of Skywalker, the Sith throne arena playset uh, mm-hmm. with hanging emperor, uh, emperor's new robes, emperor and, you know, Ben and Ray, if they appeared in that arena, maybe you could even have a couple of the, uh, the Sith guards. Oh yeah. man. It'd be so great. Yeah. just to just, be able to like have that that real playset vibe where uh where you can truly hang the emperor <laughs> yeah. from his claw and just really let let him dangle there <laughs> uh, that that's my big dream i love that i uh, i was going to answer yeah playsets is right in terms of ships I mean, a, a six-inch scale Falcon or something, I get. Let me just rent a garage and I'll put it in there. But uh, I, something like Bright Tree Village, three and three-quarter size, it's fun, something big. But then I was saying, we talked about earlier, you and I talk about it a lot because we love this scene. Give me Dexter's Diner. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Six-inch Dex, uh, WA7, Hermione Bagua. Put them all in there. Oh, yeah, you and- can just open the roof, right? Open a roof. Give me exclusive Obi-Wan with Jawa juice. Let's do this. Oh, yes. Man, I know. I really, Hermione Bagua in action figure form. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that right now it is a real special thing. But, you know, there are different industries. Like the board game industry, That, that that's mm. just, this is a lot of how it works now, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So the, uh, a part of me, what I really like to see, I would love some more of the big sets. The Dexter's mm-hmm. Diner, Vader's Castle, great. You know, uh, Padme's apartment. <laughs> yeah. I would be tempted by every playset that they could put out. But what I'd really love to see is more vintage figures, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. more more three and three quarter. Just if there are figures that they are concerned aren't going to move on pegs, you know, try it and see if there are people who want you know, maybe it's not the whole Sith Throne Arena playset, but maybe it's these 
all the set of these five action figures from that scene, you know? That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Don't do it on a smaller scale. So we'll keep you updated on the uh, Rancor if it gets uh, funded. I'm going to predict it will. People yeah. love that Rancor. Uh, we'll uh, also update you when our dreams come true on other crowdfunded set ideas. That is a look at Star Wars news. Before we take a quick break, we always like to have a audiobook recommendation for you all. Joseph, what do we have this week? Uh, we are continuing to recommend The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott. It is the next big chapter in The High Republic. Many chapters to come, but it is a great and unique Star Wars novel. If you want to stay up uh, caught up with The High Republic, you can uh, download this free audiobook, and then you can listen to our big breakdown of The Rising Storm. I think it's a really fascinating one and a good listen for any Star Wars fan. It is indeed. It is indeed. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break on the other side. Your questions here on Force Center. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> Welcome back to Force Center, my friends. We're having a lot of fun discussion, t- discussing toys, Emmys, Mark Hamill's hair, and now we're going to get to your questions. But first, before we do that, Joseph, a return of a nice set. Yeah, return of a segment called Power of the Light Side. This is something that we were uh, we were reaching out to patrons uh, for a while and saying, like, hey, if you'd like to share a just something you love about Star Wars, obviously uh, there can be robust conversation about Star Wars, and that's great, but sometimes that uh, robust conversation gives way to uh, negativity, and sometimes you can feel like it's a, it's a hard uh, time to find places to just uh, revel in your love of Star Wars. We thought it would be a good thing to do to reach out to some of our great listeners, our great patrons, and say, share some stuff you love. Sometimes it's something simple, sometimes it's meaningful, and uh, we had a new patron, and uh, this person reached out and said, hey, you used to do this Power of the Light side. I'd really like to share one. And we're like, yeah, that's yes. great. So that's uh, the history of it. And here's what it is. Any thoughts on this, Ken, before we dive in? Yeah, I just always love doing it. And, and no pressure. If you're Patreon supporter and you want to share, uh, share. If, if not, no, no problem. But we just love hearing from you. We love hearing your experiences and journeys. Yeah, exactly. So here is a Power of the Light side entry from Lou Stout. Lou says, greetings, my friends. I hope this message finds you well and can contribute to your power of the light side segment. This past weekend, my stepdad, Kenny, became one with the Force after a more than two-year struggle with cancer. He and I shared a great love of Star Wars in the past few years. Christmas presents for him were very easy, as all I had to do was take him to the movies. While gathering my thoughts on what I was going to say at his memorial service, I was reminded of Yoda's words to Luke in The Last Jedi. We are what they grow beyond. So much of Star Wars is based around the passing on of lessons from older generations to younger generations. So it is in Star Wars, so too it is in life. 
the things we pass on to our younger generations is what sustains our legacy. I don't have children of my own, but I have two young nieces, ages six and three, who only barely knew him. And just as my stepdad did not have blood-related children, the lessons I learned from him can be passed on to them through me and my sister, and then one day onto their children. That is the way of things, the way of the Force. Because like Luke said, no one is ever really gone. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Big Lou is uh, how Lou signs it. Thank you so much for sharing this, Lou. Ken, what are your reactions? Uh, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, rest in peace and rest in the force to your stepdad, Kenny. Uh, hey, I love that name. And uh, I love, I love, I just love when we discuss it here, Joseph, uh, on Force Center, when I hear other people's stories of when, when Force Center just, or excuse me, when Star Wars just explodes out of the boundaries of the screen and the books and the pages and, and, and even the toys and just finds its way into our hearts. And this is a very, you know, serious moment. It's a very sad moment, but it, but it also can have a, can be a little bit of a celebratory moment. And Lou experienced that and, and to connect to all that with Star Wars and the lessons of Star Wars. And uh, that always moves me. Uh, I'm moved by your story, Lou. And, and, and you're so right. Passing things on, that is our legacy. Uh, whatever happens in the great beyond, we all probably have our own thoughts and feelings and opinions on that. What happens uh, what we do know, what we can measure is, is what you leave behind. And it, and it ain't dollar signs and it ain't property. Um, hey, all nice and whatnot, but it, it is your legacy. It's who you helped and what you passed on. And, and that's uh, uh, when I have friends who lose loved ones, parents, and that, that's what I always tell them, man. I say, you, you, are, you are definitely their legacy and you've done a great job uh, continuing theirs and as you will continue yours. So uh, I love it, Lou. I love it. Uh, you move me, man. It's a good story. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I really love hearing these stories and, and just having these reminders that uh, the films and the television shows and the books, they're absolutely uh, pieces of art to be discussed, debated. But I always just try to respect also that a big part of the power of them is they so leap beyond the screen or the page and these ideas, these these philosophies uh, can really, really help us. They can give us uh, comfort and guidance, and uh, they're delivered in a package where they where they resonate. And um, really relating to some of the moments that that Lou found strength and solace and and understanding in uh, are so powerful for me too. That you know that the this is the way of things, the way of the force. Like that's that's a, a kind of just even a, a rhythm of just like the piece with which Yoda says that has, has always been, been helpful for me when I'm kind of looking at what do I think is just, what can I make a choice about? What should I make a choice about? What is, you know, the, the things that we kind of have to accept about this uh, strange journey of life. Uh, just that, that phrase is powerful to me. And I love everything else that, that Lou is touching on that, that power of generations. Star Wars is, such a generational story starting at the very beginning you know the that movie star wars where luke wants to be a jedi like his father before him mm. the generational theme is really powerful because it, that is a theme that touches all of us you know <laughs> in, in exactly this way of of what do we learn from the generation before us and what do we try to pass on to the generation after us and also I, really this is a, a big one for me um that I love that Lou points out, you know, just like Luke kind of alludes to in The Rise of Skywalker, uh, Luke says there's something stronger than blood, but I would say 
blood is not everything. It is one of the things uh, that connects us to other people and specifically a generational line. But boy, is it not the only thing. Mm. And the 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 idea of found family in Star Wars is so powerful. And it's one that uh, really means a lot to me. And I always want to have the utmost respect for. And I think Lou's just beautiful human true story is a great reminder for me of of having respect for the the importance and the power of the found family story in Star Wars and how much it radiates into the real world. Mm, yeah, it, well said there indeed. Yeah, I was thinking of that Rise of Skywalker moment and, and I know Lou didn't specifically mention it, but the the, the themes run through Lou's story there and, and how I'm all here for the debates and the should-haves and the would-haves and the could-haves and, you know, that's part of the fun of being Star Wars. But I, I, I as I, as I get older and look towards the twin sons of, uh, in a different way now, like kind of maybe like Luke in episode eight. Um, I, I just, I just love just accounting for so many different people's experiences with the films and what they take from them. And even if something doesn't grab you right away or resonate with you personally, just, I love hearing other stories where the themes of star Wars connect on an individual level. It, it always moves me. Yeah, yeah. And just that power of it leaps off the page in the screen. And sometimes that means it helps you process one of the most challenging things that you can encounter in life. And sometimes it uh, jumps off the page in the screen because you buy a giant rancor <laughs> and it gives you great joy, you know. But it's an important part of it, uh, of the whole Star Wars story, is that it leaps off the page in the screen. I agree. Thanks for sharing, Lou. Absolutely. Thanks, Lou. Let's dive into our questions. Uh, Ken, we've got uh, two from Twitter and two from uh, Patreon as well. We'll go first to Twitter. Mflinner99 says, do you think there'll be a making of book for the sequel trilogy? Uh, I'd love to read one. I thought that author had been engaged to do it, but then it was canceled. Is that right? So uh, just real quick, I did a little bit of research in this. There is um, a lot to be researched, but the short answer is yes. J.W. Rinsler, who has written uh, many great making of books, uh, did work on a book about The Force Awakens, uh, but it was canceled. Uh, you can Google for full information. Uh, he had a video interview about it uh, that I found. I didn't, uh, be perfectly honest, I did not have time to watch the full video interview. Mm -hmm. I just read the article about it. And his quote uh, from the video interview that was in this article was, uh, I knew when I started writing it that it would be canceled. <laughs> mm. uh, there were a lot of things that were known to the public that I think Disney and Kathleen Kennedy just didn't want to rehash. So again, uh, if, if you wanted to be all on top of this, uh, I didn't have time to do a, a full deep dive. I'm not being a great investigative journalist on this mm. one. If you want to have a full handle on it, I, I suggest anybody Google and, and make their own, uh, uh, do their own research on the full context and history of that but the short answer is yes there was a book and no it did not come out <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's the background on this what do you think ken either about this specific book that had been worked on or in general of a sequel trilogy making of in the future i i, I, I absolutely want one i i absolutely want uh, eventually one of the uh the Tashin uh you know star wars archives books uh that that i love so much and you know, they can all, they're also great for squishing tofu. If you need to dry out tofu, they're <laughs> 50 pounds of book you can put on tofu. Uh, I, I do want those stories. I also want, you know, our buddy Chris Taylor, right? Write a follow-up to Star Wars uh, uh, Ruled the Galaxy, Ruled the Universe. Uh, I, I, I love that stuff. I don't get obsessed with it in terms of putting that in front of my enjoyment of the films. But I, 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 I'm one of those people that, you know, I just watched the CNN documentary series Story of Late Night. And, it, you know, it's just like I love get in there it's just it's weird this era 
we're so aware of some stories and uh, reshoots and director squabbles and a lot of it you might not you're never going to get the official story because uh, of you know legal agreements probably reached and settlements and whatnot and so I know there's bigger probably hurdles than in the past. Uh, I don't want to tell all. I'm not saying I want to tell all. Give me the goop gossip i just i love the process of making these films i think a lot of us do that's why that director in the jedi that, that documentary is so good the one about episode nine and the entire saga is so good but the, the bts we're looking forward to with mando it's so good because we're i think if you love star wars like we do you want to know the people who made it it's part of the journey it's part of what we love it's part of the magic uh even exposing the magic sometimes exposing <laughs> the trick uh so it just it's it's you mentioned earlier the star wars tradition of technology and pushing that forward I think for me, and I'm saying Star Wars is the first to go behind the scenes with making of stuff, but for me, that's a Star Wars tradition of I know who Phil Tippett is because I remember him in a documentary on a VHS tape. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's part of, and then that got me to think, I'd like to make a movie. I don't know what that is. I'd like to write a movie like that George Lucas guy. I'd like a beard like that one day. (laughs) Uh, And so I want that for... Uh, a next generation uh, and we got the art of books. There's a lot out there, but I want beyond just the, you know, some website said Lord Miller, uh, you know, did this. I, 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 I want that pushed aside, but I'd like the magic of the story to be told for next generations. Yeah, no, I think you're saying a lot of great things that I agree with. I, I remember the, in, in empire uh, behind the scenes, I was on television and just the shock of a giant hand uh, moving Right, <laughs> the Tauntaun, like what? How? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, and it is it is a part of the magic to see behind the magic uh, in many things, but definitely Star Wars. And I do think times have just changed where where there's this conversation uh, that I'm, you know, listeners can almost hear me kind of going back and forth on it week to week, sometimes episode yeah. to episode. That I really am, where I'm at right now is I really want us to be able to have two conversations. I want us to be able to just say the art exists, the story exists. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what's there. Let's talk about what is on screen and wall that off. Mm-hmm. And just, it, it is a document that exists. You know, the play Macbeth exists and there, there's some history of it, but it, you got to engage with the text, right? Yeah. Um, I want to be able to engage with the text of a thing and allow for debate and discussion, interpretation of what's on screen Mm -hmm. and then i want to be able to have a separate conversation about like oh what maybe this movie was going to be this but then that person got fired and this person lost that debate or this person decided this i think that is all really interesting and fascinating but i feel like those conversations have so merged that oftentimes when even casually i just want to talk to a friend about what they thought about the movie I don't get to hear what they thought about the movie. I don't get to hear about how it affected them emotionally. I get to hear what they think about an interview with some human being. <laughs> and it's valid, but but the combination, I think, takes, for me, away a little bit away from just the conversation of art, you know? Mm. The creators don't even have to realize what they said to say it. it you know, yeah. the, 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 uh, a movie, a, a television show is more than the sum of its parts. It becomes its own thing. There's whole, you know, studies, the death of the author theory, all this kind of stuff. And I just kind of feel like in Star Wars right now, it can be hard to have a conversation of just like it, hate it, doesn't matter. Can we contain our conversation to what ended up on screen and not always be talking about what somebody said in an interview? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and again, I am not saying that that stuff shouldn't exist. I'm just saying I want to be able to have those, those two separate 
conversations right. uh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, as you've often pointed out, it's a whole other thing when it's really getting into big real world stuff like, you know, John Boyega bringing up issues of representation yeah, like yeah. that. That to me, that that isn't even about Star Wars anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about much other thing. Yeah. So all that said is uh, I I would love I would love making of books is my answer for sure. Yes. But I almost just want them want to them to come out a little bit later. Yeah. And to let the thing that is on screen, the piece of art exist and breathe and let people have opinions and debates and reactions. And then a little while down the line, you know, you get to know uh, everything that happened in between, because then, you know, the individual's opinion, the culture's opinion of the thing gets kind of settled. Yeah. And then you get this new bit of information, this new insight is, you know, I th- I just think it might be interesting to give creative things room to breathe and then get those gory details after the fact, you know, I, way after yeah. the fact. I, 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 that's a, I love that point you made because we, we, things just move faster. I get it. And we're already, you know, again, I, I always say pop culture to me really got established mid sixties on, if you know what I mean, it, it, it's a general statement, but it's like, so the template of how we do, Oh, making ofs, documentaries, DVD special features, right? These are just things that are just normal now, but at first weren't. And they started coming out and they're special. And so there's a lot of uh, looking back years after to get the whole story. And, and so you're separated enough. You know, me reading the, the Bill Carter's book, The Late Shift, was still five, six years or so after Letterman and Leno fought for that t- title uh, to replace Carson. And so I didn't feel like I was in it. I felt I was looking back and there, there's perspective and there's distance and uh, and I appreciate it a little differently. So I don't know if that makes sense to what you're you're saying, but I I I yeah yeah. The, the shouldn't be the movie comes out, the art of book comes out. That's different. The art yeah. of this and that, the tell all book of what really happened. I don't need that to all happen in the same month. You know, and, and you just said a super important word to me is perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, a, a making of Force Awakens book that comes out in 2025 is more interesting than one that came out to me in January 2016. Yes. Because there is time for perspective. There's time to say, here's what everybody was really concerned about then. Here's how it all panned out, you know? Uh, Or here's how the industry changed since then even. You know, you you get to have uh, a little bit of breathing room gives it more cultural perspective as well. And then it's it's truly a a look back and not, you know, Mm. just a report of what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Not that that's what this book would have been. I'm sure this book would have been amazing and insightful and all that kind of thing, too. I always think of um, in the early 2000s, they put out a set of uh, up to that point, all of the uh, James Bond movies on DVD. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had kind of seen them piecemeal on ABC with 800 commercials. (laughs) Right. I had a VHS of this one. It's like, all right, I, I got all of them and I can watch them all. And they had these great documentaries uh each one was like inside this so inside dr no and inside but and they were unflinchingly honest because you know like a huge amount of time had passed yeah and a lot of the people involved had either moved on or weren't even on this earth anymore and i always remember the shock like you're watching these watching these watching these and then you get up to uh the pierce brosnan and then nothing (laughs) (laughs) and that was always for me like a like yeah people need there, there's the business side of it of like, yeah, we don't want to air our dirty laundry when that movie came out two years ago and we're making the next one now. Uh, there's there's the financial concern about airing your dirty laundry, but there's also just like the benefit of time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. For to put everything that happened in context and put it in context with the next decision that was made and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 if there's uh, tension, tempers going away and now becoming just a story. And uh, yeah, the pers- perspective issue, but also what we learn. Yeah. I don't, yeah. But and I loved it. I, you know, I think I think I'm a Force Awakens, you know, is good enough in the rearview mirror for me to where, yeah, in the next couple of years, I'd love to see something like that. But I also, yeah, to your point, of course, time the way you know, your 2025 date is closer, closer to that than I would like. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I'm with you on all that. And these books are wonderful. The, the Rinsler books are, are 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 wonderful, wonderful books. Yeah, absolutely. And hugely powerful, hugely important, yeah. all those things. So, yeah, just for my, my last comedy, comedy, my last comment is just for a total clarity. I combined comment and clarity and got comedy. Uh, I am totally for uh, making of books. I'm totally for behind the scenes discussions. Yeah. I just don't want them to so dominate the discussion. They become the, the the clickbait headlines. Uh, should we? This might be a good time to mention. We mentioned J.W. Rinsler, Jonathan Rinsler. He is uh, a lot of stuff around this week about that GoFundMe his daughter put together. Uh, a lot of people probably know, but he's uh, at the end stage, uh, unfortunately, losing a battle with pancreatic cancer. So there's a there is a GoFundMe out there. Uh, if you find the links, uh, or you just search on GoFundMe uh, for uh, Jonathan's medical expenses, you'll find the campaign as. Uh, his family uh, makes end of a life plans for him and covering a lot of the costs over the last year as he's, as he's done this battle. Um, probably uh, just a good time to mention it. Unfortunately, uh, something that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have the, the GoFundMe uh, link here. It is GoFundMe.com slash F slash H two Q W seven Z dash Jonathan's dash medical dash expenses. So uh want to be sure to share that link probably uh easier to google it but definitely uh on the exact same page with you ken that i mm-hmm. uh, wanted to highlight that and um also wanted to highlight uh, in in my little bit of research uh he has a book coming out about the uh producer uh howard uh, kazanjan yeah um that isn't out yet uh but he got a a rare interview with uh with marsha lucas Yes, that's right. It's coming out in that book. So I think that's a really exciting thing uh, to be looking out for in terms of the making of a world. It's not just about Star Wars, but obviously there'll be some great Star Wars stuff there. And uh, boy, no doubt that J.W. Rinsler mm. just made a huge, huge impact on the understanding of Star Wars and, and the recording of uh, the making of just a, a titan in that field. Yeah. So want to be sure to uh, celebrate everything that he did. Well said, sir. Excellent. Let's move on then, unless you have any other thoughts. No, no. Okay, we move on to our next question from Alejo. Alejo says, if you can select any Jedi from any time period to make a Jedi Council, who would you choose? It could be from the books, animated shows, movies. Bonus question, uh, would you make any changes on how the Council works? (laughs) Those are some big questions, Ken. Where do you go? Uh, So I I came up with, I think, a list of nine. I know there's 12, so maybe that's a change I'm making. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> lower i actually think i'd probably add more we get some more thoughts on there i almost feel like this is a fantasy jedi draft of names here so it uh, really is yeah i have i have a list what do you have sir we- yeah i i added uh 12 or i might have i might have increased the council to 13 uh yeah and i i truly embraced aleo's you know ignore canon can be from any time yeah yeah oh yeah 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 so uh here i'll i'll share my list and then we can get into this what changes we make um, uh, the first one I thought of is Indira Stokes. 
Yeah. <laughs> she's from the High Republic. She's been on my mind uh, a lot. She just gives a lot of great advice uh, to Bel Zedifar. And in combat, she just really got this, just has her, her head screwed on straight of like, I do not want to do this, but I'm clear on when I need to take action uh, to prevent further loss of life. So the, a Jedi who is clear on, I need to take action, but I'm also aware of the consequences and can weigh them quickly. Very important. Uh, Obi-Wan. Come on. I need Obi-Wan on my Jedi Council. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. He's going he's gonna to really encourage people to see things from different points of view. That's his thing. So he's going to do it. Uh, Ahsoka Tano, right? To me, she is uh, the Jedi that the Council should have listened to. So she's she's on there. Uh, Yarl Poof. <laughs> he keep- Not only because that neck is fun. He's got one of my favorite quotes in uh, Light of the Jedi. Right. Uh, when he says that uh, the, the Jedi are the uh, guardians of... Um, of 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 uh, peace and justice, right. and sometimes those things compete with one another. Right. Like, good insight, Yarl Poof. Uh, Yoda, Yoda's made some mistakes, but he's made a lot of good choices, so he stays on the council. Yeah. Uh, Luke Skywalker, come on, I can't ignore Luke. Uh, Quinlan Voss, uh, I think he's yeah. very important because I think you need people who look at things in a very different way, and he's had some experiences dabbling with the dark side, and I think people do need to understand that perspective. Uh. And then I got Terrace Anube, uh, because I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reith Silas, uh, he's one of my favorite High Republic Jedi. But in particular, it's because he loves books. He loves to study. So he'd be, uh, Reith Silas would be the well-actually guy that you do need on the Jedi Council. Like, I looked that up. <laughs> uh, Avar Chris, I think her ability to connect everybody is really important. That Jedi, that special uh, Jedi connection that she has to bring everybody together. Um then I did also add Ray and Ben because I think, you know, a dyad's a different perspective. You need the mm. perspective of a dyad. And who knows? Maybe they take turns. Maybe okay. <laughs> maybe they're both on the council, but only take one chair. I like that. Because they always know what the other's saying. Yeah. And here's my really, here's my wild card, Ken. Mm-hmm. I think you need one non-Jedi in the council mm. to just really get everybody to take a step back okay. and understand where you're coming from. So I'm putting the character that I think does have a very good heart but is just dripping with ignorance about the Jedi, and that is Din Djarin. I want Din Djarin on the council to every little thing that comes up. We're like, how long have you been doing that? Why are you doing that? Is that a Jedi thing? What's the deal with that? I didn't know that bit of uh, obvious galactic history. What's the deal with that? That's great. Yeah, that works. That works. <laughs> that works. So that's my list. Uh, what's your uh, your strange list of Jedi? Uh, it's strange. Uh, I added. I added. Uh, I had nine. I'm now up to uh, twelve. Okay, now I got twelve. Uh, I, I added Kenobi and Ahsoka. I was afraid to um, add them, but your confidence in adding them just it, it's the answer. I don't know if Ahsoka would take the assignment, but I'll, I'll, I'll nominate her. Uh, for there's one. I also would nominate Elzar Man. He'll say no, so that means I'll pick Avar Chris. <laughs> I'm with you too on Yoda. I think at the end of the day, uh, he's y- you need him there. You need his leadership uh, and his ability to maybe now you pick him a little bit later so he has the ability to recognize uh, lessons of failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, not that Yoda was a big, you know, arrogant part of the Jedi fall. Just you know, uh, you know, he's, he's he's an interesting character to look into. Uh, I I'm keeping Mace on there. All right, Ooh. I think Mace is like Yoda. It maybe has more to do with some of the. Uh, dogmatic uh, uh, problems with the Jedi if Palpatine was uh, here. I still think Mace had a, saw a lot of things coming. I, I think maybe if he just learned how to communicate it better, um, I think he has great value there. And he's and, he, and he's a respected leader. Maybe feared at times, but he's respected. So I'll keep him there. 
I'll, uh, I'll I, I went Luke as well. Cause again, we're going any era. So give me some, uh, give me, I don't want to say post Octo Luke. That'd be kind of difficult, but, um, Luke, Luke, Luke a little bit later in his life, right? Some experiences, uh, before his, his, uh, turn, uh, or fall, I should say, uh, Ray just makes sense going forward. We're talking, we're talking end scene, Rise of Skywalker, Ray. Yellow blade. Yeah. Yellow blade in hand. New perspective. Uh, the, the, the addition of Ben was, uh, that's a great idea on your, on your part there. Uh, Qui-Gon, I know Qui-Gon would be like, no, I said no before, I'll say no now, I'll say no forever. But I, I, I think it's one of those things where you like, like your example of Din, of just like, no, 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 we need you. We need your rebel streak to come up here. We need you to question things, and we're going to give you the leeway to it. It's a new council, so come on up there. Yeah. Uh, I'm putting Kanan, uh, Kanan Jarrus, Ooh. Uh, towards the, the end of his, uh, his uh, existence there uh, in, in Rebels and everything. I, I think he... There's someone who's come, uh, I went through a lot of change. I've, I've come from somewhere to be where I am now and kind of retake the mantle of Jedi for myself and my heart. I think that'd be interesting. And then, yeah, he might not be, they'll be like, well, you were just a paddy one. You didn't complete training, so you're not official. And that's a new new look at it there, like uh, you had in Din. Stellan Geos, he won me over. He won me over. I wasn't sure yeah. about him. Pretty boy. Perfect poster child for Jedi. Yeah, he, I liked him. I like where he went. Yeah, not his fault. He was uh, born with a with a very hollow, friendly face. <laughs> exactly. And then the final one. I admit now, Joseph, this is this is a mistake. <laughs> this doesn't always work. I submit that maybe, in the spirit of the Qui Gon thing, uh, we would have Count Dooku before the fall on the. I Qui-Gon. knew it. I knew you were going to go full Dooku. It? Yeah, I was going to go full Dooku. I, maybe because I want to save him. I, I know he's just got this immoral lust for power. No matter what, so I I know, I know. I'm not I'm not defending him. I'm just saying maybe there was a point we could have elevated him and got him into the conversations. You know, I've, I've, we've all had these work situations. You got the guy in the corner who's like, "This place sucks. Our bosses don't know what they're doing." And you know what? Maybe he's right. But also, why don't you step, move forward, and you and and you do this not as a challenge, but as a yeah, bring your perspective to it. Maybe you can change. Maybe you can uh, help us grow as an organization. So maybe Duke would be interested. I'm not saying we'll work out, Joseph. I'm just saying it's an idea. I think that there is a. I think there is room for other perspectives and room to try to understand his uh, his arguments, right? Because I think a lot of it is personal. A lot of it is his battle with the dark side. But it is, I think, uh, the, these great stories of like, but I am intrigued by these prophecies. So let's look into them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I do feel like the Jedi should be more proactive and, and and help people. Like those are issues, definitely, that the Jedi Council should be exploring. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So again, would he, would he do it? Would it work out? I don't know, but I'm going to give him a shot. I, I, and there's something about Duke I, I, I understand, or at least like, or some, I don't know. He's a bad guy. I'll stop. <laughs> He's an intriguing character. And I think it'd be great to have him on the council. Uh, so let's talk about uh, how you would change how the council works. Uh, I I still want a roundtable vibe. I, I still, um, I don't know if I need it to be a full, like a, you know, three-fourths of the vote carries the motion type of thing. But I, I just want to make sure that uh, there's just room for discussion and room for, I like with the DIN thing, it's a little like a, like a citizens run police commission, you know, like another thought, another idea in there. So having some kind of better checks and balances, more open forum conversation, it's a spiritual change. It's a spiritual change for me. 
Yeah, I admit I, I like being a little unclear as exactly how the council functions. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot in uh, in general on Force Center about that difference between like the uh, the mythical and this in Star Wars, this idea of this council of masters versus like, uh, do I want to know who keeps the minutes and exactly, you know, their cloture? Yeah. <laughs> how do they move on with the vote? Like sometimes it seems like they vote and sometimes it just seems like Yoda and May says something and it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, obviously, the master of the council has, uh, you know, seems to have, uh, you know, some some strength there. Um, so I'm not exactly clear on how the council functions, and I'm fine with that. There are bits and pieces there, but I think I would want. I think like the the constant thing that the Jedi seem to wrestle with is when to take action. Mm-hmm. When is it? You know, we're only going to make matters worse if we get involved or we got to be really aware of the consequences if we get involved. And when are you actually just letting a bad thing happen when you could maybe have the power to to try to make a difference? Right. Um, so I would maybe make it uh, that whenever you are making a decision, uh, you can only just have the decision be let's meditate on it for <laughs> there's a time limit on let's meditate on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that's a big part of it. That whole, you know, the yeah. force and the will of the force. I get, I get that. That's real important. But you know, like, you got to come back around, and that you know, mm. let's meditate on his financer. But you still got to make a decision. Uh, then I would also just balance, uh, have like a check. Like, and this is, uh, you know, like maybe there's a subcommittee, <laughs> yeah, a breakout group that uh, says mm. when we're making a decision, uh, let's look at the balance between change and stasis. Because we know that change is natural and change is good. And we know that sometimes a decision is is a great constant. It is the way of things, the way of the force. But we got to really be clear on which is which. Are we clinging to something because it's the way we've always done it? Mm-hmm. Or is it time for a change? Yep. Yep. It sounds like you need my old uh, regional security director. You always <laughs> ask me that. Well, why did we do it that way? Uh, all the time. All the time. Yeah. And sometimes the answer is because it really works. And sometimes it's like, yeah, because I didn't question it, you know, and you got to balance those things. I got to balance. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on our Jedi councils? No, this was uh this probably could have been a whole episode. <laughs> it absolutely could have been a whole episode. And I also do want HasLab to uh, do a, a GoFundMe for both of these action figure sets for both of our councils. Love it. Moving on to our questions from patrons on Patreon. This first one comes to us from Jonathan Curdy. Uh, Jonathan has uh, some some great thoughts, which we always encourage as well. So this one's a little bit longer. Here we go. Jonathan says, of all of the fan theories that were floating around out there in the months leading up to the rise of Skywalker, one that really piqued my interest was that the film was going to reveal that Ben Solo was actually the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker and that Rey was the reincarnation of Padme Amidala. The idea being that this would explain their strong connection in the Force and that the sequel trilogy would ultimately be about correcting the mistakes made by the characters in the prequels, reuniting the Star-Crossed lovers and completing Anakin's chosen one journey by having them both take down Palpatine together and restoring balance to the Force. Upon a recent rewatch of The Rise of Skywalker, a film I have grown to love more and more each time I watch it, I found myself reflecting on this old theory and it got me thinking. Would the mythological concept of reincarnation work within the context of the Star Wars universe? We have force ghosts that can manifest in physical form, and we know that Palpatine was able to transfer his soul into another cloned body, but could a soul be brought back from the netherworld of the force and be restored into a completely new body altogether? Is this something that Jedi or Sith could learn to do, just as the Jedi learned how to come back as force ghosts? Or perhaps it could only happen if it was the will of the force itself. Thank you for letting me wax mythological here, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. 
those are mm. a bunch of great big thoughts, Ken. Yeah. Were you uh, were you aware of that fan theory? I got to tell you, no, I hadn't. I hadn't really heard that one. I know. I know we don't really dive into those as much here, but uh, yeah, that one escaped me. Yeah, yeah. I think I had heard uh, bits and pieces of it, but I hadn't really heard it uh, all laid out there. Uh, do you have any thoughts on on that theory before we move into the general uh, question of uh, force reincarnation? Yeah, not my favorite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not my favorite. I mean, I, I just so love the characters of, of, of Ray and Kylo Ben. You know, I, I, just, I just don't ever want to take anything away from them. Uh, it, but the concept of it is, I get, I get where it's coming from. And then, you know, for Jonathan to, you, you know, go on talk about force ghosts and even palpatine so i I could see where it all kind of can be in the same ballpark yeah yeah no i i'm right there with you i think it's a fun fan theory i think it's an intriguing theory i can see how people would have uh gravitated uh toward it um you know for me i think it it does sort of rob these new characters a little bit of of agency Mm -hmm. you know um that i i like them as as uh ray and ben Mm -hmm. and i also think um that for me one of the big themes I like of the sequel trilogy is that the new generation is impacted by the choices of the previous generation. And, and those choices once made, they're locked in stone. They can't be, you know, fixed. They can be learned from and you can move forward from them. And I think for me, if it got, uh, I know there's a lot in star Wars that is cyclical. That is, uh, that is the similar problems reemerging. But I think what's really powerful to me is in Star Wars is uh, the challenges we face emerge generation after generation, but each generation can learn from the other and how we deal with those challenges. And, and I think that's part of the, the themes of the sequel trilogy that I really like. Yeah. Um, so intriguing theory, but we have opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get into then the Jonathan's uh, uh, larger question about if this idea of force reincarnation fits into Star Wars or how it could. What are your thoughts there? I, I think it can uh, in, a, in a roundabout sort of way. Uh, I, I'm thinking of um, who's that character, uh, Moment, the, the helmet, the, the Sith helmet that the, uh, Vader has, and you know you put it on and, 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 and the spirit of, of the, the ancient Sith kind of takes over. I, it's kind of the way I would look at it and how it can work. For yeah. Just... Um, you know, someone showing up. Hello, my name's Danikin. Uh, what? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I it wouldn't it wouldn't again wouldn't work for me. But um, but again, tiny Force Ghost is a little different. But even the Palpatine, which I don't think is a pure clone of Palpatine, it's his soul and it's things and it's an experiment and it's dark side powers. But I think um, I think it could, I think it 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 it, it could be used effective. If small, like so, it wouldn't seem to me too out of place in something like the High Republic or an Afra adventure where you dig and find some ancient power or something like that. And there's been things like that in the comics before, but it's not been like a main. Uh, in this movie, uh, you know, we, we've got a completely, um, you know, uh, a character being brought back in that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think the thing that I like about, um, stories that have been told in star Wars about, uh, what happens after or, uh, or not, uh, not accepting moving on like the Sith. I just like that. They have all the, the life and death abilities have, you know, reflected the philosophy and the understanding of the characters using them. Yeah. So I just really want to be, I would be interested in the reincarnation story if it worked that way, you know, mm-hmm. it makes total sense. This idea of, uh, the Jedi for, you know, however many millennia uh, thought of 
once you're one with the force, you you can no longer choose to be, uh, you know, aware of your an individual within the force. Mm, mm. Uh, and that Qui-Gon is the one who's like, well, maybe let's question that. And then this idea of like, yes, it, we and we would only do that if uh, it is not to prolong our own existence, but in order to help other people. Right. You know, right. so it's to me, I really like that, that it's a, a part of uh, that storytelling in Star Wars is that the, the Jedi who retain their their individual uh, uh, sentience within the force is uh, to help others. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the great opposite of all the Sith of like, let's it, it's not about how can we bridge into a new understanding? How can we merge with a new understanding of a new way of being? like the Jedi are, they're like, how can we avoid that? Yeah. <laughs> how can I live in a mask and make people put me on, you know? Yeah. How can I throw my body into a clone? How can I possess another person's body? It's all about clinging and not leaving, yeah. you know? Okay. And the other is like, oh, I want to yeah. step into the, the Jedi are like, I want to step into a new reality yeah. and, and learn an entirely different, learn and accept an entirely different new way of being. And it's they're like, don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not leaving the party. Yeah. 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 So I think for me, I would be I would love to see a story where uh, there's been bits and pieces of it where different uh, cultures within the Star Wars story look at the force differently and understand the force differently. And if there was a a culture in the storytelling where reincarnation was a part of the way they understood the force, that would be really interesting to me, you know? Mm hmm. If it just kind of popped up randomly, I would I would be a little uncertain about it. But if it was really a, a story about how a different culture perceives life, death, and the Force, mm. heady stuff, heady, which has great place in all of Star Wars. Yeah, I know we do. We sit around and we do these episodes. And we we go from uh, life and death to rancors. It's uh it's a odd journey every week, and I love it. Uh, any other thoughts on this one, Ken? Uh, no, love it. Love I love the thoughts behind it, Jonathan. Great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to end with a fun one here from Adam Knight. In fact, Adam says, I promised a more lighthearted entry this time around. Uh, If anybody uh, didn't uh, catch it, uh, Adam shared some really profound and great stuff about uh, understanding his own journey with anger being put through the filter of uh, of Star Wars storytelling. So really insightful, uh, great uh, thoughts that he shared. Uh, But as Adam himself says, he's now back for something more lighthearted. So back to Adam. Here we go, says Adam. Now that we've had our Star Wars pub crawl episodes and determined where some of the best places in the galaxy far, far away are to wet one's whistle, such as it may be, Rodians notwithstanding, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the question now becomes an important one. Who's the best at holding their liquor? (laughs) Ken, where do you go with this? In all of Star Wars, uh, who can hold their booze? I uh, I ended up having five choices, but I'll I'll list uh, uh, tied at number one here. It's like a Star Wars ranked here. Uh, tied at number one is is Kira and Leia, which is interesting because you know who knows maybe they have to face face off each other for for Han's attention, which is not a sort of story I want to see. But um, I they were they both remind me of 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 my one of my favorite scene, scenes in cinema is Marion Ravenwood Indiana Jones that that. Uh, bar in Nepal she owns in the in her first scene it's just one of my favorite scenes she outdrinks the the guy with the, the game of shots and, and and Kira and Leia have that vibe to me they have that vibe absolutely I, that's a great choice yeah so I, I could see Kira you know taking over Crimson Dawn and someone challenging her and and then they try to 
drink, uh, you know, get her to drink her drink away Crimson Dawn. And she's like, oh, I got you. I got you here. And then Leia, you know, we she enjoys a good wine. She enjoys a good, uh, you know, uh, Carillion uh, drink or whatever. She mentions them a lot in Star Wars, right? As we've seen that. So I, I'm sure she knows her way around. She, she always, she'll have some fun, but she'll never lose control. Exactly. That's great. Who else you got? Uh, I went Qui-Gon. <laughs> I don't. I think Qui Gon's a Jedi that would enjoy a drink. He's not right, Rael Avros, right? But I think he his travels. He he seems very comfortable. He knows his way around, and I could just see him almost trick it if it ever comes down to it. Like you got to do shots. Like he, he, what's the Jedi version of throwing a the shot over your shoulder so they <laughs> drank it? Like that's Qui Gon. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love the pick of Qui-Gon because I think if if he didn't want to drink, he would say no and that would be it. But if he was working with a culture where he felt like this is respectful or this is what I want to do, he would absolutely do it. And I also think that Qui-Gon might have mastered some obscure uh, Jedi uh, sobriety power where he can just actually move the alcohol mm. out of his body through his pores with the force. Yep. Not to leave it a chance, you know, he's just take control. <laughs> exactly. Uh, who else you got? Uh, two, two of them, really quickly. Uh, Tebow, but not Paplu. I've always had Paplu. <laughs> no, yeah. no, Paplu, uh, yeah. Paplu. You got it. You got to keep him away from speeder bikes and <laughs> horns of Ewok liquor. Yeah, he's always the one getting in trouble. But Tebow's good to go. And then my final one, um, Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> in fact, I don't think I don't think Sheev drinks, which. By the way, it's a wonderful choice if, if it's a choice that you need to make or a choice you've made in life. I'll be clear about that. But I, I'm someone who didn't drink for a long time. And I had people to my face tell me, I don't trust you because of that. Now, again, is that fair? No. Is that right? No. But I look at Palpatine and I go, I think I'd say that to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, you know, there's. I just have a strong visceral reaction. Uh, I am lucky right now to uh, be married to a woman who enjoys uh, fine cocktails and is mm-hmm. good at making fine cocktails with, right. you know, good alcohol. But in my younger days, uh, particularly when I was doing a lot of shows, uh, I would have shows where we drank horrible alcohol on stage mm-hmm. as a part of the show. Mm-hmm. I have had some horrible alcohol as a mm. vodka called white Eagle that I think was like <laughs> six ninety nine for two liters in a plastic jug. <laughs> you can taste the impurity, right? Yeah. You can taste the, yeah. like n- nothing was filtered out of this. This is just like, you know, uh, somebody yelled at a potato and it just rotted <laughs> and it became alcohol. Like it was in it's, it's mm. uh, when I think of Sheev drinking, I taste the memory of that white Eagle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's making me, it's reminding me of some Canadian $9 whiskey I had one time that knocked me out for four days. But Pal- and yeah. I, I think Palpatine would sip some fine brandy and oh, yeah. he'd, he'd be in control. Uh, and, and I just think he'd never, you know, he never wants to give up control. That's his theme. And he includes drinks. But he would like angry, hateful liquor that feels like it's trying to hurt you too, right? Like that's just his thing. Yeah. But I think there'd be a point like he, I imagine there might be a, for about two good drinks, Palpatine gets a little happy. Like it's a different side, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a little like, uh, you know, a Similu, come here. Is that a purple or is that a mauve? What is that? I, I like purple. You like my chair? Sit in my chair, sit in my chair. Come on. I know you want to. Drink it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I, so I had you uh, do all yours because for once, Ken, I didn't make a list. I started making a list and I just picked one character. And for me, it is clearly, obviously, Chewbacca. Ooh, yeah. 
He is, you know, he he's got the build for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm certain there there is some, you know, Wookie tree sap liquor that is very uh, <laughs> high level traditional. He's 200 years old, right? Yeah. He has been around. He's gone out there with Han. He's sampled a little bit of everything. He, I think, Chewie is the guy who always has to be able to uh, uh, fly the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a little bit of evidence in the film when he uh, drinks those two drinks and wow. drizzles some down his fur. Like he's certainly uh, able uh, to drink. I think Chewie can just really not only handle his liquor, hold it, not be affected by it because he's big, strong, smart Wookiee. I think Chewie is also an expert at faking it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I always remember this book I, I read early on in my fascination with Frank Sinatra, uh, where Frank Sinatra gave his daughter, Nancy Sinatra, some advice of like, hey, if you want to drink, that's great. But you'll be at the parties where everybody's drinking. And exactly like you said, those kind of parties where people will yell at you if you don't. Like, you just always have a drink in your hand, but mm-hmm. set it down when it's halfway done. Go to the bar and get another one. And everybody will think you're keeping up with them. <laughs> but you'll stay nice and even and well everybody else is uh is losing their cool and i think chewy would do that i think chewy has been i think you know he's been at Maz's many nights where he's like oh yeah, yeah no no I, I ordered my eighth drink too didn't yeah. finish it like the rest of you fools <laughs> <laughs> but you think i did <laughs> oh, that's a great answer also mashed tree sap is the drink we all need <laughs> yeah so i hope uh i hope inside editions puts out the wookie book of alcohol very very soon Enjoy that very much. Well, wow, what an episode, Ken. What a bunch of questions going from the very dip, deep to the very, very fun. Those are our questions. Uh, that's how we love celebrating Star Wars here. If you want to follow us, we're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast available on a lot of different spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon. Music merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly and, yeah, submit a Power of the Light side at the uh, top tier there at uh, patreon.com slash force center. Um, not the top tier, the the $10 tier. Uh, and the top tier, you get the trading cards, too, which are wonderful trading cards of me, Joseph and Jennifer, designed by the wonderful Brian Ward. Uh, and for my own stuff, uh, you can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, cadnapsock.com. There you can link to upcoming shows. I'm up in Seattle this weekend, July 24th, one show with Mark Ellis, Daniel Bridge Gad, uh, doing stand-up comedy up there. Then I got a new one added for local. If you're North Hollywood area, the Haha ha Cafe, I'm uh, supporting Daniel Bridge Gad's show over there and more on the way, including uh, a, a book signing trivia thing in Victorville, California. I'll have details on that shortly as well. We always like to highlight uh, charities and uh, things of importance. And let's just re-highlight um, the J.W. Rinsler uh, GoFundMe as he makes uh, these uh, plans for end of life and, and, the, and the medical bills that still need to be covered. Uh, his daughter, Sarah, is uh, running the fundraiser. Uh, find it on uh, GoFundMe, as Joseph said, at uh, slash F slash H2QW7Z-Jonathans-Medical-Expenses. Or you can go to his Twitter page and link to it from there. Also, I am uh, still highlighting supporting the uh, California Fire Foundation at CAFireFoundation.org. It's uh, kind of already fire season, and it might only get worse. And I had some family members who've lost, lost houses. A lot of people I know who are actually out there fighting those fires, and uh, this organization uh, helps provide emotional and financial assistance to the families of fallen firefighters, firefighters, and the communities they protect. So that is my stuff, Joseph. 
Yeah, all great stuff. Uh, for me, for finding uh, my adventures, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok as at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can visit my website, josephscrimshaw.com for comedy albums, links to shows, all kinds of stuff on josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, I will uh, once again uh, agree and highlight with checking out the GoFundMe for J.W. Rinsler, just a very important part of the history of Star Wars. And I also want to shout out the service Vote Forward. It is a service where you write letters to voters just convincing them to vote, just convincing them, encouraging them uh, to use their power. There is a big project going on right now, so you can sign up for letters. If you're curious about that and want to find out more, you can go to their website at votefwd.org. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for celebrating Star Wars with us. So, for Tebow, but not Poplu until he cleans up, this was for Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
the secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.